Welcome to our presentation about when we went to the Capitol in Washington, D.C. Today we are going to tell you about the highlights of our trip and how we created a relationship with the idea of politics and politicians. I'm Scarlett. I'm Eli. And I'm Kentaro. As I walked up to the school before we left, I saw Eli wearing his outfit for a meeting with Representative Velasquez. Well, actually, I was worried about tying my tie in D.C., so I decided to put it on before the trip. Uh, I was still in my casual clothes. Will we not be able to change in the hotel when we got to D.C.? My nerves were soon soothed when I saw Kentaro wearing his casual clothes, too. Well, um, when I was on the Amtrak train, I wrote down that I was nervous that Representative Velasquez wasn't going to be interesting to talk to. Nidia Velasquez is a representative of the 7th District in New York, which is where we live. I felt like politicians were going to be intimidating and serious people. And I also didn't have an actual grasp of what D.C. could have. The extent of what I knew in about D.C. was the TV show House of Cards, which is about a corrupt politician who will stop at nothing to stay in power. That in this YouTube series I once saw that had the freedom statue as a killer that used people's skin to make itself human. Um, as we got closer and closer to our destination, I became more and more nervous to speak with Nydia Velasquez. When I was going... When I was going to our meeting with Velasquez, it felt more real as we got closer and closer to meeting her. At the time, it seemed daunting and scary, and I was worried about how I could mess it all up. I was dealing with a human, and I didn't want to ruin that. Uh, as all these thoughts are go running through our head, before we knew it, we were in her office about to interview her. Um, something that was really weird was while I was interviewing Representative Velasquez, I found that my ears were very warm. I think it's because all the adrenaline goes to my ears. Uh, when she started to answer my question, my attention was elsewhere. I realized she had an accent, and because I was so focused on my posture and the room and how I looked as a scholar, I, didn't really un I couldn't really understand what she was saying. I was imagining what she was going to be like when we entered the room. When we got to meet her, she looked exactly like she did in the picture on her website. My nervousness was gone when we were talking to her because she was enthusiastic and she, when she would answer my questions. And I could also tell that she cared a lot about the issues we were talking to her about. But she was also stuttering and couldn't remember what she was saying at times. This was the first time on this trip that I realized that these people that are behind politics are also human and also can make mistakes. They aren't perfect either. When we were interviewing Jesse Rodriguez, the staffer for Senator Gillibrand, it felt more casual and less intense. I think it was because before Velasquez, I had no idea what to expect, but afterwards I knew what I should expect for our interviews. When I got to meet him, I was comforted because he wasn't serious either, and he was very casual. 
He also he told me that the fun side of politics for him was helping immigrants find a home in the U.S. He even used the word nerd when he was talking to us. While we were interviewing him, he told me about meeting Elijah Cummings. He was a representative from Maryland, and he told Jesse, wherever you go, grow your own garden. Jesse explained that wherever you end up in life, you should portray yourself in the way you want to be remembered. That really made me think about the mark I wanted to leave in D.C. At the Italian restaurant, Sonoma, we got to talk to Miss Lauren's stepmother and her father. Um, Jan Chikowsky is Miss Lauren's stepmom and house representative of Illinois, from Illinois. Um, Robert Kramer is Miss Lauren's dad and a political consultant. Um, I got more comfortable with interviewing because I had more experience, but also because I got to eat food while I was doing it. I got to eat gnocchi, which is like an Italian dumpling pasta made with potatoes. Um, when we were at, at the restaurant, Miss Lauren said that Jan Joukowsky was going to arrive late, but when she did come, I was surprised how the waiters and waitresses treated her like a normal, everyday customer, and like they didn't know who she was. This reminded me that politicians were sti still the same as me. I remember that the risotto I had ordered at the restaurant didn't come for a long time, and Robert Kramer said that the service was really bad that day. Meeting the representative in this way compared to an office felt more personal. I got comfortable to the point where I asked them about the TV show House of Cards. They said that it was too cynical and unrealistic, but they also told me that they still enjoyed it. We got, we got to talk to her about how she got into politics. She said that she used to be a housewife and that she would protest bad food that was being sold in, at local supermarkets. This led to the invention of the of Best Buy dates on food packaging. This surprised me because most politicians, like the Bush family, got into politics because it ran in their family. Hearing about how Jan Schakowsky got into politics made me realize that even some politicians started out in humble beginnings. The Capitol was very amazing. I felt very special that I could get a private tour of it. There were there were also paintings of Patsy Mink, the first Japanese American congresswoman, and Shirley Chisholm, the first African American congresswoman to be elected to Congress. If you went a little further, you could go to the part of the Capitol under the dome, but on the ground level, where there was a circular room with many busts of historical figures, historical figures on the edges and of the room, and pillars closer to the center. In the middle of the room, there was a star on the ground. Um, Robert told us that this was said to be the very center of Washington, D.C. When we were walking up the stairs, we saw a picture of Blanche Kelso Bruce, the first African-American senator who ever served a full six-year term in the National Senate. The dome of the Capitol was a massive circular room with paintings and statues surrounding it. If you looked up, you could see a the ceiling of the dome where there was one big painting on it. Miss Lawrence said that there was a secret staircase that went up to the very top of the Capitol building, and that that was the thing she liked about the Capitol, that had lots of secret passages. I couldn't believe that I was in the Capitol. I had seen it in movies and TV where laws and speeches were made, but I had never actually been there. This was a once-in-a-lifetime experience. 
I got to see the painting of the signing of the Declaration of Independence, and there was even a statue of Elizabeth Cady Stanton, Susan B. Anthony, and Lucretia Mott. Anthony, uh, Stanton, Anthony, and Mott were women's rights activists and abolitionists. There was a room where the ceiling formed a perfect parabola so that you could hear someone from about 20 feet away. That room was interesting because we heard the story about how when Congress was there, the parties would listen in on the private conversations their opposition were having. There was also a plate of the Declaration of Independence, and I showed the signature of my distant relative, Roger Sherman, who was a founding father. Um, Jan said, that's really cool. And that was a great experience to have a congresswoman take interest in something I had to say. When we left the dome, Robert Creamer made a comment on how one of, when one of the Trump stormers, when they stormed the, one of the Trump supporters, when they stormed the Capitol, pooped on the floor in the dome. Jan Schakowsky made another comment on it, but used the S word this time. This made me realize that she was casual and that politicians weren't so special and different. I was also surprised how when we were walking around in our office and I said something small and insignificant about the design of the elevator aesthetics and she asked me what I said and cared to hear something what, that I said even though she was busy and had other things to worry about. Uh, the cafeteria at the Capitol is obviously very big and fancy. The, the ceilings were really tall, and all around us there were politicians with little American flags on their suits, along with their staffers and maybe some of their family members. There was also food out so you can serve yourself, like a buffet. There was bean soup. I thought, I thought it was a little funny because my mom also makes bean soup, and it made me more comfortable because it reminded me of home. I also thought it was cool that the Capitol had their own traditions, just like me and my mom. Uh, we got to ride the special, the special train line that goes directly from the Capitol to the, um, the office buildings that Congress uses. When I did that, I felt very lucky that I got this exclusive opportunity. Um, when we got to the Congressional cloakroom, it was called that because the representatives used to put their cloaks inside it, there were phone booths and chairs to sit in. The phone booths were used in case a representative needed to be called on for votes, needed to be summoned for votes and things like that. We were also on the House floor while it was in session. I saw a more serious side to politics. I saw rep Republican representatives talking about the Biden administration. A little serious there, Ken. I just remember in that in the cloakroom, there was a refrigerator that had a paper on the side of it with a list of all the senators' water preferences, like tap or sparkling or, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, well, I guess. Speaking of the Senate, we got, speaking of the Senate, we got that tour of the Senate from Senator Durbin's staffer, who also told us about this candy desk that senators would use to take candy out of to eat. This also gave me comfort because it showed me that some some of the senators also have a sense of humor and a sweet tooth, even in the most serious of situations. I realize that even though politicians have hard jobs, they still enjoy some candy like other people. He also, um, he, Senator Durbin's staffer also told us about these stairs that had holes in them, where pages, um, uh, pages are people who do services for senator, stuff like, um, you know, carry th carrying things for them. 
They would put blocks of ice under the stairs through a trapdoor that led to the Senate floor. And actually, that trapdoor is cool because when Senator Durbin's staffer pulled the trapdoor open, the inside part had all the signatures and names of pages that worked there, like a yearbook or something like that. Um, like a yearbook or something like that. And that seemed really strange to me because it seemed inappropriate for that type of serious setting where laws were made. This trip helped me to change my ideas about politics. I realized that senators are still humans, and even though they work in a busy environment, they still enjoy the same kind of things that me and everyone else does. I got to see beyond the level of policy. I also got the chance to view these politicians as people. They weren't just political robots. They were people beyond the TV shows and the killer statues. There were real human beings behind the curtains of politics. I thought it was great that I got to discover how politicians can make mistakes just like us. They have a sweet tooth just like us, sweet tooth just like us, and most of all, they have a community in DC just like us here in Sunnyside. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it.